I love the adventure of telling all types of stories and trying to conquer each one. John M. Chu. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Today we're going to explore stories that aren't necessarily good versus evil. Yes. I personally love the good versus evil stories. I like hating the villain. I like rooting for the hero. But not every story is like that. If you want to get away from that preachy type of storytelling, having chaos versus law or individuality versus community, having these concepts is a good way to go about that. One really interesting modern example of a non-good versus evil story is Avengers, the Captain America Civil War, where you have two sides of a story that both are fighting for perceived good. They just have different views on what is good and what is right. So you have Iron Man who's like, we need to follow this law, we need to obey Because obviously we've struggled being able to contain ourselves and keep everyone safe. So we need more help with that. And then you have the other side, the Captain America side, that's like, no, we need freedom. We shouldn't be controlled like this. We shouldn't have to register that kind of battle. And that's actually a really good example of the first duality, that first story type that we're going to talk about. And that's chaos, freedom, loose everything versus law. This is an interesting thing because it's dependent on the story and what the writer wants to convey, whether the chaos or the law is what trumps in the end. Because yes, law is good. We need rules, we need structure, but we don't need a totalitarian law. It's up to the writer what is the good and what is the evil in this. Mm -hmm. Another duality to take a look at is technology versus nature. You see that in a lot of modern monster movies. I'm thinking Godzilla. I'm thinking Jurassic Park. You can't say the T-Rex is the villain of the story. She's doing her thing. Yeah, she's following her nature. And she was created by technology. And it's that fight of okay, how far do we go with technology? Are we too busy trying to see if we can that we never consider if we should? (laughs) Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Yes. (laughs) So I love the technology versus the nature because it's kind of a modern versus ancient. What would win? What should win? Technology or nature? And I think everyone has a different opinion in that of technology solves a lot of problems. Technology makes our lives easier, but does it make our lives better? That's the question. It's a very good question. The next one we can explore is freedom versus safety. This is very common in a lot of the dystopian literature. Your 1984, where you have no freedom, but no one really breaks the law. Everyone is safe because of that. One of my favorite examples of this is Minority Report where they have a collection of psychics that can tell the future. And they will know you are going to kill your husband. Therefore, we're going to arrest you before the crime happens. Is that okay? It's an interesting exploration of philosophy. 
and that question of, is it better to be free or is it better to be safe? Whenever I think of this, I always think of the quote from Civil War, from Zola, when he is talking about they did it wrong the first time around by trying to force people into subjectivity. Then Hydra's whole goal became convincing people to give up their freedom for perceived safety. Another concept to explore is progress versus preservation. That goes along the same lines of technology versus nature. But we can move forward should we preserve the past. If we've learned from it, do we move on? Do we destroy symbols of an older time when we didn't know better? My favorite example of this progress versus preservation is in the Mistborn trilogy, the original one. There are two gods in the world. There is preservation and there is ruin. And ruin is the force for constant change and generally destruction. One of his main arguments to try to get people on his side is that preservation would have nothing change. There would be no growth. There would be no improvement. There would be nothing better. It would always be the same. And so it was just a very interesting thing there of, but wait, do we really want preservation to win out in this? Because no, we don't want the death and destruction that comes with ruin, but we don't want the stagnation that comes with preservation. One of my favorite concepts, maybe this is just because I'm enamored with the hero character, is the individual versus a community. So I'm going to reference the story of Andromeda in Greek mythology, where she is this princess that is asked to give up her life in order to protect her kingdom. The question becomes, is her life worth more than everyone else's? Is it okay to let her make this choice herself? Should this choice be up to somebody else? And of course, Perseus comes in and saves the day and conquers the bad guy and blah, 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 blah. But the choice for Andromeda is an interesting one. And I believe she does end up agreeing to sacrifice herself to protect the city. This is an interesting one in, I believe it's Ayn Rand's book, Anthem, where it's kind of a 1984-esque type book. The culture is we. They have forgotten the word I because everything is we. We do this. We are part of this. One, it's a difficult read because you have to put yourself in that mentality that we means I and we means we too. (laughs) But it is a character's discovery of I, of the individual again, despite the laws against it to make everything community. So it's a very interesting exploration of this individuality versus community idea. I think a lot of the capitalism versus socialism ends up being the same conversation of individual versus community. Is the mob more important than the individual? Another duality is the justice versus forgiveness. When is the time for mercy and when is the time for justice? This is the one I most often see in the Star Trek TV series. Jean-Luc Picard is a law-driven man. We talked about the alignment chart before, and he is lawful neutral. He doesn't take sides in this or that, but the law is important, the prime directive. But if the prime directive says 
let the volcano go off and wipe out this entire indigenous people, what is he supposed to do? Technically, he should let the entire indigenous people be wiped out. But the mercy, the emotion, that heart wants to protect them, especially when he has the power to protect them. It's a playing God kind of mentality, but if you do it for the right reasons. In a lot of these stories, you'll have the villain on the side of justice and the good guys on the side of forgiveness. You don't have to do it that way, but that tends to be the alignment because justice is often seen as harsh, a little bit more aligned with the evil characteristics in a traditional good versus evil story. Whereas forgiveness is, like you said, that emotion, that heart, that belief that somebody can change and improve. The last one we're going to talk about is privacy versus transparency. The question of what is better, being able to keep our private lives private or being open about it for security. It connects a little bit with that freedom versus safety. Yeah. I'm going to actually use a real world example here, and that's Edward Snowden. And his choice to let the American people know exactly what the government was doing. My sister and I fall on opposite sides of this particular conversation. I am more determined to make sure that the government is honest with us. My sister is more determined to make sure that the government maintains power in order to protect us. So you're on the side of transparency because the government is technically ruled by the people and your sister's on the side of privacy because some of those secrets that Snowden leaked were state secrets that affect the safety and ability of the United States to keep people safe. I'm personally torn on this one. Yes, there should be transparency, but what am I willing to give up for safety? What's more important? Is there a balance? That is the answer to most of these questions, is somewhere in between. Yes, there is no justice without forgiveness. They need to go hand in hand. There is no community without the individual being valued also. You need a little bit of law in your chaos, but you need a little bit of chaos in your law. And you need a little bit of technology to preserve nature. And nothing is new under the sun. You cannot have technology without nature first. So all of these are just some ideas of how you can tell a story without it being good versus evil. There are so many different types of conflicts out in the world. This versus that, that versus this. What is your story about? What can your story tell? What message do you want to convey? The balance is so important because that's usually what ends up winning. Going back to the example that I used in progress versus preservation, the balance that is achieved is those two forces, those two gods actually combining into harmony. That is the resolution that we seek, and that's mostly the resolution that is found in every single one of these types of stories is a harmony, a balance between these two opposing forces. I think our motto says something about the individuality versus community. But we'll let you philosophize on that on your own. Go ahead and shoot us an email and let us know where you fall on each of these. We'd be very fascinated to hear. But more important than that, write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 